ABMP Associated Bodywork and Massage Professionals is proud to sponsor the interdisciplinary podcast from Heal Well. Massage therapists and body workers who join ABMP get meaningful resources that make a difference in your career, including free online CE courses, online scheduling included with the ABMP Pocket Suite app, and comprehensive liability insurance that provides protection and peace of mind. Can't get enough podcast inspiration and information? Listen for the ABMP podcast with regular guest hosts Ruth Werner and Allison Denny. Discover why members expect more and get more at abmp.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to welcome back to season 10 of Interdisciplinary. Interdisciplinary, it's getting all grown up. They grow so fast, don't they, Laura? Thank you. <laughs> I seem <Aww>. quite proud. <laughs> Our sweet little podcast. Um, so we are um, here with a wonderful guest who I will introduce to you in just a moment. But first of all, I wanted to say thank you to everyone for being here, for supporting this podcast, for caring about your clients and patients and about your profession. Um, We wouldn't be here without you and we want to hear from you. So you can email us at podcast at healwell.org. Let us know what you think about this episode. Let us know um, who you'd like to hear us talk to. Let us know the questions you want us to be asking for you um, or that you would like to ask. Um, you can also continue this conversation with us in the HealWell community at community.healwell.org, where we've got all kinds of fun, supportive, collaborative times happening online and no trolls right? It is a troll-free space. It's amazing. Um, on the internet, no, no less. Yes. Yes. So, yes. Um, so as you know, we are contractually obligated to start with a pun, even though Cal Cates is not here. I am Rebecca Sturgeon, the education director. I am joined by my co-host today is Laura Bryant-Erner, the service director. And Laura Bryant-Erner has brought us our contractually obligated pun. All right, let's dive in. So ostensibly, season 10 of the podcast is we're talking about all things regulations and rules and things associated with uh, becoming a massage therapist. And so I have done my best today. Um, So I I took my dog to the water park and the staff said it went against regulation, but this time they'd let it slide. (laughs) That was a slow burn. Thank you, Lori. Yeah, did my best. I love it. Thank you so much for holding up the pun tent. (laughs) It's a heavy job, y'all. Indeed. So we are joined to get today, um, we are continuing our international tour of massage therapy, the massage therapy landscape. And today we land in Canada and more specifically in Saskatchewan which I hope I am not butchering the name of. Um, And our guest today is Lori Green. Lori, welcome and tell us about yourself. 
Well, gee, thank you. And you did not butcher the, the name, and so many people do. I am Lori Green. I'm the Executive Director for the Massage Therapist Association of Saskatchewan. I wish I had a really good joke for an opener, or at least a pun comeback, but uh, unfortunately, that is not my strong suit. I have been with MTAS for uh, over 17 years now. I can't believe how how fast that time has gone. And uh, as you mentioned at the start, this is all about regulation and what's happening around our great continent here in North America. And, uh, and we have been actually in pursuit of regulation for well over 25 years now. Wow, yeah. Um, it has turned into a real mission for us. And, uh, and I really look forward to having the opportunity to speak to you and your listeners. And thanks so much for having me. Oh, wonderful. I'm so glad you're here. And, and I always appreciate the chance to sort of unpack the, the myth of Canada, TM, that we have in the US. Um, because there are different provinces, and and correct me if I'm wrong, different provinces have different ways of approaching regulation. Absolutely, yes. Um, yeah, so tell me about this 25-year journey. <laughs> well, <laughs> boy, I, I mean, I'm not going to go way back to 1995, because I don't think we have enough time to go through all the stops and starts that that we've had, but uh, yes, in Canada, um, health is regulated per province. So um, we all have different health ministries and we have different ways of approaching uh, situations and how things are regulated. So in our, in our country, we, all, we have five provinces that are regulated. And then we have five more in pursuit, I would say, um, to be regulated. I don't think there's a province or territory in, in Canada that doesn't want, <laughs> want this regulation. Now, in our case, it's, it's a case of, um, we have always worn the two hats in the association. So we have worked both as regulator and as an association. So as you can well imagine, that can get very confusing and, and a difficult situation to be put in when you're trying to both um, advocate always on behalf of your members and your RMTs, as well as being the people in charge of complaints and investigation. So we are very much looking forward to taking off the hat of regulator. And in December of 2020, we did finally get the Massage Therapy Act in Saskatchewan. So that legislation has been passed, which has really excited the province again, and, and we've actually made progress. Um, one of the things we've been told throughout the years is, uh, why do we need to be regulated when we're managing so well in self-governing in a province? Yeah. So I, I think that's that's a place I'd like to address to begin with. And the problem being is, yes, we have excellent massage therapists in our province. We have um, two-year educations in, in Canada, you know, 2,200 hour plus education. Um, we have codes of ethics and standards of practice and all the things that you would see in, in regulation. 
But what we don't have is any law behind us, meaning that we can do all we need to do for the profession, but it doesn't stop other people from claiming that they too are a right. massage therapist. Got it. It doesn't give us any opportunity that if in the rare occasion there's somebody that needs to be removed, we can remove them from an association, but we can't stop them from practicing. Okay. So it sounds like it's largely, I'm so glad you went there because the first thing that I wrote down as you were talking was why regulation, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, if you didn't have it. So um, thank you for, for reading my mind. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Fabulous. So it it sounds like one of the key drivers of regulation and the push for regulation is um, public safety. Yes, and that is really the only key to the government is risk of harm. Mm. Um, So why they would want to regulate any health profession. So that is definitely one of the key, one of the key drivers to that. And, And that is on behalf of the public. Now, uh, the the reason that you'd want your association to be regulated is because of the standards in, in Saskatchewan and regulation in other provinces. We don't have labor mobility. So for example, if we wanted to, um, if you were a therapist in Saskatchewan and you wanted to move to a regulated province, you cannot do that freely. There's no freedom of movement in Canada unless you have regulation can move to regulation. So it also affords the ability for therapists to be able to move within Canada easier. And of course, it. Uh, I think we're always striving as a profession and, and as a therapist, I think you're always striving for higher higher standards. And so the more provinces that get regulated, I think the closer we can be to having national standards and national exams. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious, do you find that with um, massage therapists that are part of your association that there is a, a support for this regulation across the board? Is, is some of that some of that impetus coming from the massage therapists themselves? Oh, oh, definitely, yes. And the, and the government um, in in the in the years keep saying the years because it's it's indented in me permanently. But um, the government wouldn't even consider doing any sort of regulation without the body of massage therapists uh, behind it. And in in the case of our province. Um, MTAS isn't the only association. There's two other associations that have people working um, in our province. And so it was imperative in order to get the Massage Therapy Act that also their members had to have an interest in in being regulated because, you know, they don't, their intention is not to stop work in a province. And so there's no point in going forward if you don't have the majority of the people striving for that. Um, there's definitely fear, of course, of unknown when somebody's been working in this profession for well over 25 years. There's certainly a fear element with what will regulation bring. And that's, I think, where an association such as MTAS can excel in bridging that transition forward. Yeah. So what are... Um... 
as you've, you're moving towards regulation, it sounds like the, the massage therapist community is pretty well engaged with this effort. Yes, yes. What we what yeah. we've done is is currently we've formed a working group. So mm-hmm. we have equal members from all three of the associations and we're we're in that fascinating and fun job of writing regulations and bylaws to coincide <laughs> with <laughs> legislative act. So it is a very slow going process, but it, even as we inch forward um, slowly and surely we do know that we will have regulation in this province. So I, I think as a whole, we're impatient, but we're excited. Yeah. So what do you see as, um, you know, if we, if we just accept that regulation is going to happen because of all the work that you have done and continue to do, what do you see as some potential enduring challenges, um, going forward? Um, well, well, I think uh, I think if we're talking about just the transition into the college mm-hmm. is is going to be a challenge. I mean, we have people that um, for for years have either been um, working under a different environment than a regulated environment. MTAS has always uh, governed ourselves as a regulated body. So we have had standards of continuing education and and accountability and things like that. But all anybody who at the time of the proclamation, anybody who says that they're a massage therapist at that time will have the opportunity to move forward through into the college. And though there'll be no exam. Um, at that point, MTAS has always had an exam for entry um, into our association. There will be credentialing. And I think just the fact when you say we just want to look over and see where everybody's at and we want to ensure that everybody is, is safe to practice and understands jurisprudence and the bylaws and laws, that can be very intimidating to people. And so I, I think I, I think that's going to be the biggest um, problem facing our members is is moving in. And then, of course, it's it's moving in between the two. Well, why do we need an association or why do we need a college? Like, why is there two bodies now? And uh, and I think that can be very, very confusing to um, to people who have not been familiar in a regulated situation, and and uh, yet if if we look if we look further and outside into the health professions, I mean we're one of the only, if not the only, health profession that isn't regulated in the province. Yeah, that's. I want to I, I want to explore that deeper, but can we do? I want to back up and do a little definite definition of terms for American oh, listeners. Okay. Oh, sorry. Um, because I, I because we've talked to you before and some of your colleagues in BC, which is a regulated province. Right. Yes. Um, we have a, an understanding of what you mean when you say college, but it, that means something I think a little different in the oh, U.S. You're thinking of bricks and mortar, and we're talking. Yeah, about- yeah. So when uh, you say college, what does that mean? When I use the word college, what I'm talking about is a body that's formed in order to simply protect the public. They ensure that everybody has licensing, has examinations, 
meets it meets the basic requirements of what is necessary to be deemed a, a regulated massage therapist. We're not talking about a bricks and board education system. We we have different schools for that. So a college is a body of professionals with added um, people from the public to ensure public safety. Okay, excellent. So it's it's roughly equivalent, I think, um, to what what in licensed state in the U.S. would be the board? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we would have a council or we would have a, a board um, for the Saskatchewan College of Massage Therapy, but that would okay. consist of a council or a board. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, and then I want to go forward again because you said something that, that sort of landed like a little explosion in my head, that you are the only healthcare profession, profession that is not regulated. In, in our province, yes. In your province, yes. Yeah. Um, how does that happen? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I sort of wondered that when I first came in. I'm not a massage therapist. And, and uh, to... To be honest, I thought, well, how difficult can this be? Because, you know, dental hygienists, technicians, respiratory therapists, midwives, they're all regulated. So, you yeah. know, I, I sort of, I, I don't think I saw myself 17 years later thinking, <laughs> well, where are we at this? So that's that's been kind of an eye opener. It's a good thing I'm patient. But uh, I think the biggest reason was trying to prove risk of harm. And, and as you well know, that there's, there's a few areas. Uh, one thing is the government is not interested in any sort of risk of harm that can be um, mitigated by other circumstances. So of course, everybody always jumps to um, inappropriate touching and, and things like that. But you see that can be mitigated by police. That's a criminal offense. So mm -hmm. you, you have to take out uh, those particular items. And I always say when I'm, when I'm speaking to people in the public, the thing about massage therapy often is not when to treat, it's when not to treat. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I think so often we've been fighting this myth for many, many, many decades, and I know it's no different in in the United States or probably any place else. But uh, I remember uh, hearing a term one time where somebody said, all you do is push a little skin. How dangerous or how hard can that be? And, oh and, yeah! And, uh, your, there, I can't do a pun, but there's your cringe worthy for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And, uh, and for those of us who, who are not are listening, can't see, we're all making cringe worthy faces. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. This and, is oof. you know, and and I I I think there there is a big misconception about how well educated massage therapists are and all the anatomy and pathology and pharmacology, all of these elements that go into the treatment that you do. So I think for so long it, it remained, it's always sat on that fine line. Is it a luxury or is it a health benefit? Mm -hmm. And I, I think now that research is, I mean, there's always been a little bit of research, but research has really burst into the scenes um, 
in the last you know few years and and i think with the research now that we can prove the benefits of massage therapy and we can prove that there's definitely a risk of harm with massage therapy if people are not trained and are not familiar with with the system yeah yeah I, i'm uh, this question of risk of harm is really interesting to me um because the the guest that uh the listeners will remember who um was in the previous episodes was from australia Ah, okay. um, and we were having this conversation or Cal was having this conversation with her about um, risk of harm and and how that affects not only regulation, but also education standards and continuing education standards. Yeah. Um, and I wonder this this question came up that I would love for every guest we have this season to sort of chew on a little bit. There's when we talk about risk of harm, the. I think the mind immediately goes to things like physical injury, right? Yeah. Um, but with massage in particular, I think that that there's a risk of harm that is emotional, psychological, spiritual, you know, is other aspects of health um, that is perhaps unique to the profession um, because of the vulnerable position we are asking our clients to be in. Um, in order to receive this intervention. And, and I wonder if that's um, part of the consideration of risk of harm as, as uh, in Saskatchewan, you were going through this regulation process. Um, it, I, I, I'm not sure that I fully understand your question, but, mm. but if, if um, tell me if I'm going down the wrong path, but if you're talking about boundaries, Mm. Talking about um, in in the treatment room, where and when your boundaries and your ethics come into practice, it certainly is is effective. And, and I mean, you know, one one of the major benefits of massage therapy is the fact that a patient can be in a room for thirty minutes, for ninety minutes, however long that is, and feel comfortable. And and you get into positions where um, you go beyond your scope of practice into, you know, somebody wanting counseling or suggestions and things like that. And I think it's it's imperative that um, that education and and knowledge is gained on where it's best to stop those conversations and and suggest otherwise. We have actually. Um, interesting question for you to bring up if I'm on the right subject is we have a speaker coming from Ontario for our annual general meeting this year and she is speaking specifically on those boundaries and ethics for regulated massage therapists you know we we don't go out for drinks and lunch with our doctors and our dentists and things where you know wait what yeah. Sure. Oh, maybe you do. Okay, that could be a difference in our countries. <laughs> but yeah, but very. It's very hard to to make that break in between, um, in between what massage therapists do with their clients, and and how far how far those boundaries or when those boundaries are being crossed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. I think that's a very important part of it. Um, and I and I, I love that this is that this is an active part of your consideration. Um, 
there's a part of it that I think is it's a little harder to express. It's a thing that so at, at Hewell and a lot of our classes, our live classes especially, um, one of the things that we often say is that um, massage therapists can cause a lot more damage with their mouth than they can with their hands. Yes. Um, yeah. In terms of misinformation, in terms of um, causing or exacerbating emotional distress. Absolutely. Um, yeah. in, in terms of just being wrong and <laughs> your approach to a situation, you know, and, and, and um, it, so it, these are things that like, there's the potential, our potential to um, negatively impact the person who we are, we are set to care for. Yes. Um, I think increases exponentially um, with things like uh, complacency in your skills and also things like the vulnerability of the population you're working with. Um, and, and Laura, you have a lot more feet on the ground experience with this. So uh, well, I, I, yeah, I was going to follow up Rebecca with with just um, to kind of expand on what Rebecca was saying about how uh, you know, we, we talk a lot at Healwell about these are the soft skills that mm. perhaps in foundational massage schools are either not addressed at all or it's just a very cursory, yep, you got to be careful what you say and then boom, we're done. That's check that box, we're done. And And looking at how how we bring our own biases how we bring our own considerations how we bring our our own selves to a session and how that can possibly impact the session and impact that person so it's really requiring a lot of not only knowledge about anatomy and physiology and pharmacology and techniques and modalities but also really looking at who you are as a person and what you are bringing to that other person's experience in a massage treatment room. Yes, yes. I, I think that's something that everybody needs to be very careful and aware of. And I, I think you're probably right. I don't think there's enough um, said uh, about those skills in, in a classroom. I mean, you know, two, two years, 2,200 hours, it's very hard to pack in all the necessary elements to, to what a massage therapy literally brings to the table. Yeah. Um, and, and I think even the, going back to, to boundaries that in order to be compassionate, which clearly, you know, clearly in a, in a field, any sort of health care field, I would hope that people are, are you know, compassionate and, and kind-hearted people, but you have to be very careful where that can lead you. Um, if, you know, in a situation where someone could be extremely stressed or in pain or whatever you say um, can be taken, uh, can be taken and can do damage and harm. And of course, you're trying to do the right thing. So it's very, very important that we um, it's communication skills really yeah. combined with with ethics. And yes, that does happen. And it can be as simple as um a perfect example where I think things were really um, maybe on a rise was during our last three years with COVID 
Mm-hmm. Um, and those those who were anti-vax and those that were um, vaccinators and the masks and and such things to, you know, a conversation about that in a clinic room is not the place to have a conversation on that. And yeah. I think research on certain areas can certainly help our therapists, but um, yes, it's 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 a skill that needs to be acquired that you can't graduate yes. that skill. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would love to to kind of segue with that because you're right, it is. I mean, they're a skill that needs to be acquired and cultivated. Yes. Um yeah, definitely. And and that kind of leads me to to thinking about education standards and particularly continuing education standards, which I um I I, I sort of grouped together with the idea of, of regulation means that this is also part of Yes. Um, the standards of being a regulated massage therapist. Yes. And I am wondering, um, so in the U.S., um, one of the only ways to require that someone get additional education in order to practice um, of a particular kind is to demonstrate that without this particular education, harm would happen. Mm-hmm. Or that there's a danger if someone doesn't have this particular education. Um, and there's a lot in that, that that sort of doesn't account for what we've just been talking about, right, with the uh, right. potential for emotional harm or uh, things like that. But so is this, in your understanding, is this true in regulated provinces in Canada as well? Well, it, it- in Saskatchewan, I'm going to speak just solely mm-hmm. about my association. Perfect. We have always had continuing education. Great. That's always been a requirement um, uh, for for us. It's it's um, the only thing that's mandated is you have to have your CPR and your first aid mm-hmm. in in Saskatchewan. But then anything that is associated with your scope, I shouldn't say anything. Anything within the scope of practice. And uh, that can help your help your career and your knowledge is is considered continuing education. We have a list. We have hundreds of courses you can take. We we provide courses to our members. We bring in courses on anatomy, physiology, exercise, anything related to the scope of practice. So our members are familiar with that. You need to have. Um, that education. We also have, um, and this is where the regulation versus maybe the other provinces, but I think all of us who aren't regulated follow this too, is the interjurist practice and performance indicators. So we have a set of competencies that, that lay out what an education, so what somebody has to take in school, what that education is that will take them out and have the basic competencies. So you need A through Z in order to have those skills. Now our association has an exam. So our exam is all pinpointed to those competencies. So we test for that when we start. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one part of the continuing education. And 
as it moves forward in the regulated provinces, and I'm sure you're going to have somebody from a regulated province at some point in, in uh, this, if you haven't already, is they're moving into a program where you write your career path. What is it? Yeah. And uh, you write your career path and then you, um, through, through peer support and, and peer to peer, you, um, you decide what is it that I need to enhance my career and what courses do I need in order to lead me to that, which is, which is really a, a different idea than what we've done where, you know, find your course, here's your, you know, one hour of training as one credit sort of thing. So um, whether we move into a situation like that when we're regulated, I don't know, we're not there yet. But uh, so, so there are those two, um, two categories. But I am quite confident, um, at least in our schools in Saskatchewan, I'm quite confident that people graduate with the basic competencies. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm curious about, because this is, this is, you know, education is kind of my, my purview. Yeah, yes, kind of my thing. I'm curious about how I, I love this idea of you kind of um, design your career path and design. It's like one of those majors at, you know, fancy colleges like Oberlin where you can design your major, like what yes. Will Shorts did with his, what was his major? And it was something like cryptology or something that he made up. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, and I'm curious about what your your thoughts are what the role of the regulation and or the association would be in in allowing that um people to be self-directed in their growth and also continuing to maintain and elevate the education standards for the whole profession in a meaningful way and and i would add how all of that adds into the risk of harm <laughs> yeah Oh, here's the zingers. Okay, let me think here. Um, so I'm not sure what I think about. I I like the idea that that uh, a massage therapist should have a career path. Mm. I like the idea that you you get out of you get out of school and you're thinking one thing, and and that could be many things. You know, depending on where where I'm at, I mean, if we think we can have graduates as, as young as 19 or 20, where yeah. they think they're going to be at 35 is is probably in an old folks home someplace. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, yes, you, you know, uh, I, I remember at one point, you know, was talking about people I was working with and some of them were 25 and how terrible that was sort of thing, how old oh, they were. So, so, so you, you you have that intention. So I, I like the idea that at the very get-go of your career, you begin to, to think about where this is taking me and where I might want to go. And you always have the option of um of changing of changing that path. And then all of a sudden you think, gee. I'm interested in research, for example. Okay, so now what am I going to take? What's going to bring me more into understanding how to read a paper? Mm 
how to understand the tables, you know, all of those things. And so you can veer off and, and start to say, this is where I really want to go. And you, you have your basic skills and you have, of course, you've taken in, you know, in the years, other courses, but this is where you want to go now. I like that idea. And I, I think it nurtures I think it nurtures your mind. I think it it promotes um, the many, many phases of, of massage therapy. And though there's not a specialty, it gives you your, your own path. So I like that. I think it develops critical thinking. Um, I'm not exactly sure who or, or what the peer support works because we don't have that here. So I don't know. Mm how it's adjudicated or if it's adjudicated. I'm, I'm assuming that there's some sort of um, context in that area. Um, I do think in a perfect in a perfect world in, in Canada, I, I think if we could get a, uh, a degree program in massage therapy, mm. it, w- it would be... Um, Excellent. I I think there are so many areas that could be further developed in this in this health field with a degree. And I certainly believe, hands down, uh, no question about it, that we need national exams. And, and yeah. with national exams could come national curriculums. Um, we have we have an accreditation body here, but when there's no national curriculum i think it's very hard um for a country as a whole to progress and uh i i think i think that's what's really needed yeah is there support for national exams among the profession well i'm i'm a member of the canadian massage therapy association this yeah and we definitely support that mm-hmm. um I, I think there I think there is and and I think even the fact that you have to be um, regulated provincially it's not a national regulation I I think in in provinces such as ours uh, there's always been the hey why can't we work in Ontario and BC we have the same education we believe the same things mm-hmm. and I think a national curriculum would do that I mean there's there's a, you know, a, a, an element of if there was a national exam, would there be as much need for regulation? Because you either passed that national exam and met all the standards that the rest met yeah. or not. So, I mean, that's, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast that we could <laughs> explore. <laughs> And we that. just might. <laughs> <laughs> but but I would say, you know, I would say, yes, there's there's definitely a high. Um, I, I think uh, a lot of people that would absolutely support that. Yeah, that uh, that is good to hear. It, it sounds like that's a way to to also address this risk of harm in public safety and also public yeah. perception you know, of massage. Exactly. I mean, and, and I mean, the, it's interesting because in Saskatchewan, when we first started the really big lobby 
for, for regulation. How many people, including how many health professions, said, what do you mean you're not regulated? Oh. And, and you would say, no, we're not. And they'd say, you've got to, you've got to be kidding me. Or um, I, was, I was talking to a doctor um, from, I believe, oh, I can't remember where he was from. I'm going to say South Africa. Yeah, he was from South Africa. And uh, he said that he was really disappointed to find out that we weren't regulated there because he couldn't really, in good faith, work and and um, promote massage therapy to his, his clients. And he was in sports therapy as well because we weren't regulated. And he yeah. said, well, you know, and was this sort of saying, why aren't you regulated? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> government and ask them why aren't we regulated you know but um i i think it's really imperative that that the public feels safe and with it with a national license you know you don't question other health professions i mean i as as a rule and perhaps maybe we should i mean maybe that's something that that you learn but when you see a registered nurse you go registered nurse okay they're, they're well-educated, they know. I mean, nothing's ever going to stop um, illegal behavior, mm. you know, in any profession. What? But, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I think the fact that if there was an, a national curriculum and standard, that you would know when you were walking, and I think you should know when you're walking into a massage therapists that they have the necessary amount of education to do what's ever within their power to keep you safe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. <laughs> Lori, I, I have a question, Lori, and I don't know how much you can speak to it, but I'm just curious. Um, you know, you were talking about uh, doctors and, and other um, regulated professions having a relationship with massage therapists and then perhaps being surprised by the fact that that massage therapists are not regulated in your province and, and so being surprised by that. And it, it's been my experience that when Healwell has partnered with medical professionals, most medical professionals have no idea what massage therapy is, what would be required, and and really just, you know, we, we have our, our one or two allies, advocates in a, in a hospital system mm-hmm. um, who take it upon themselves to really to educate themselves about what massage therapy can do and and what is required for us to become massage therapists but it's it's kind of a yeah oh sure if you want to go to massage therapy go or oh that's not a good idea because and they have erroneous ideas about what massage therapy could provide so you know I'm curious if, if you have a sense of how is that relationship with other medical professionals and massage therapists is there a deeper or better understanding than what I have experienced yeah uh 10 10 years ago I I would have said um if you walked into a doctor and said should I go see a massage therapist that a great percentage would say yeah if you want to yeah it might help you might relax and and would sort of run it off with you know on that I have I have found in Saskatchewan that um, I I think the doctors are pretty well in the know um, with massage therapy and the benefits and and I I would like to think um, 
We have a very good relationship with the University of Saskatchewan and the College of Medicine. So um, we're involved in the Integrated Health Centre there, which has really, I think, come a long way. We have um, a huge advocate with Dr. Danelle DeGowan, who works at the university and yeah. is a massage therapist. I'm sure you're I'm sure you're uh, familiar with uh, with Danelda. And uh, I think she has created so many bridges for us, um, both not just in Canada, but but in the United States, in attending conferences and medical conferences. Um, we have um, we've been involved in research with um, university, the College of Medicine. Mm -hmm. So I, I think in Saskatchewan, um, and I'm going to take the credit for MTAS. I think we have done a very good job of integrating ourselves into the healthcare systems. Um, we uh, we work well with chiropractors <laughs> and physiotherapists, <laughs> of course, and so many clinics are, are chiro and massage. Uh, so I don't see it as as um, a huge problem, mind you. We're we're also a, a fairly small province here. So, um, but my opinion in in our province is we have a fairly good working um, relationship. And of course, as younger younger doctors come in, they're of course far more familiar um, with the health benefits than you know some of the others. But I I can't say I'm disappointed in what's going on here. Yeah, I really feel like that's a call to action for us here in the states to really step up our game and communicate and, and yeah. share what is what we do and what are what you know but here it goes back to this whole conversation of what are our competencies what are our regulations mm -hmm. and, and for each state it's it's so different so it's being different. able yeah. you know it's upon us the, the onus is on us to communicate that with other medical care facilities and professionals to say this is what massage therapy is and can do I, I think yeah. I think that's really important, and I, I think it's important that that you you get yourself into these um, uh, medical medical spots where you have the opportunity. And I'm I know that there's been lots of occasions where you can walk in and you say, "No, I'm with the massage therapy," and you know people kind of stop for a minute and think, "Oh." What are you doing here, right? Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. when you have the opportunity to to say, "This is why I'm here, and this is where we work, and and this is how we work." And and I I think you uh, you'd be really surprised how quickly people go. I had no idea, and I I think I think sometimes we can be the worst promoters of of our profession. And well, it's true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, you walk in pretty humbly, and if you walk in quiet and humble and say, I'm not sure if I fit here, you know, I think sometimes you have to kick in a few doors and say, yeah. hey, do you know what we're doing? Yeah, well, that's that's the thing that we talk about at HEOA all the time, too, is that, you know, especially with the service programs we operate, that you are there providing care the same way as, I mean, not doing the same things, but, you know, the same as like this nurse, this physician, this respiratory therapist, you are a part of this team and right. behaving as part of this team doesn't mean that you shrink in the corner and you're like, oh, I'll just, yeah, I I'll don't just, want to bother I, anybody. <laughs> you know? 
I'm not in anybody's way. You know, and it just, if I, um, the Patreons will see this, but I'm, I'm just doing some random hand gestures. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> miming. I am miming. Yes. Please don't look at me. I'm just doing mm-hmm. my massage. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it, this this kind of leads me to, and and this may be a question for another podcast as well, okay. um, it, but might be more of the association side of your association, which is the advo- advocacy for the mm-hmm. profession, for the people in it. One of the things that we talk about a lot um, at Hewell, because it, it touches everything, is the um, possibility, if it exists, to even make your living as a massage therapist which is real hard in the US. Um, it's, ah. it's just, it's real hard. <laughs> I'll just leave it there for a lot of, for a lot of reasons. People do. Um, there are definitely people out there who are doing amazing and this is their sole livelihood. They're doing massage and they're, they're working it. Um, a lot of those individuals hustle super hard um, in a way that is, not often sustainable long-term. And so I, I wonder, it, do you see a similar struggle in Saskatchewan? Um, and if not, what can we learn from you? <laughs> <laughs> well, gee, that, that, that is a difficult question to answer. I, I don't know if I have any real suggestions for for what will make a difference. I I know the one thing um, that when we go and talk to students, we always go into students before they graduate and we talk. And at, you know, I'm gonna say, I always use 10 years, so I'll keep with my 10 years ago. When, When you would say, do you have a job? Have you already started to look for a job? Um, Many of them would be, would be saying, yes, they're going to work at such and such a clinic or they're gonna work at a clinic. Now I find more that a lot of massage therapists, graduates, young um, young graduates, young RMTs, basically not meaning young in age, but <laughs> young yeah. to the career, um, say, no, they're going to work out of their home. We have a lot of, we have a lot of therapists that work out of our homes in, in Saskatchewan. Or they're going to branch out on their own. And I always caution that there is a lot of marketing and advocacy that has to go into starting to create your, your client list, so to speak. And, uh, and so when I, when I think about that, I think it's always so much better to go into a clinic to begin with that you can build, you can learn, you can be mentored mm. in, in a certain percentage. And so I think you see a, a dropout. When I first started, somebody told me that the lifespan, the career lifespan of a massage therapist was seven years. Now, yes. I, I know now that's totally untrue because mm-hmm. we have many, many therapists in our association that are well over 20, 25 years. But I, I think you'll see a certain drop off of, of new candidates. And I think it is simply because you know, nobody knows you're in the basement open for business and <laughs> nobody knows you're there. So um, so I think I think it is something, again, that uh, 
those skills aren't taught in school either. I don't know if they're not taught, they're not taught anywhere. Um, but that it's that's an area where the association can help. Mm -hmm. So we can put on and, and we do put on um, courses on marketing, on advertising, on things, your income tax, just on, on how to start off a business. And we offer support in those ways to, to our members. So the help is there. And, uh, and we just, uh, we just encourage our members to uh, keep telling us what it is they want. And if they want it, we will find a way to, to make it happen. But Marketing is a, another huge factor that you have to do is, you know, most of you are, are sole proprietors, right? So you yeah. don't have some big engine working behind you. You don't have an administrator taking care of all those little things. It's a big job. It's a big job that you have. I, I don't envy it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they don't yet have, but soon will due to your efforts, the, the sort of, um, commonality with other healthcare professionals that could start a conversation. You're regulated. I'm regulated. Let's work together. You know, Let's work together. Yes. Yeah. 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 And creating that mobility. Yes. The, across the provinces as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, this is wonderful. Any uh, final questions, LBE? Oh, I feel like I could just talk with Lori Green forever. This has been really <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> well, I hope, I hope it's been somewhat helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to ask, so I can't ever prepare. But... <laughs> <laughs> and this is, this is true facts. Um, we, um, we do kind of throw people into the heel well pit with us and um, yeah. just start dancing around. And we're so grateful that you're willing to come in and play with us. <laughs> oh, it's it's fun. I've 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 enjoyed it, and of course, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back, and in an hour, I'm gonna say, oh, I wish I would have said, and I wish I would have mentioned, but uh, but this has been this has been a lot of fun. So I hope I hope it's beneficial. Absolutely, absolutely. We are so grateful to you, Lori. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. you guys are a riot. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you need somebody. That's, to that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> we are a riot. We start, start a riot, riots. you know. Well, I, potato, I, you potato. Know, <laughs> I power to the people. I'm with yeah. you. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I um, thank you for all that you are doing and continue to do for the profession in Saskatchewan. And Thanks so much. There's ripples so outwards. There. Yeah, yeah. And thank you, everyone whose ears are with us today. Um, thank you for listening to Interdisciplinary. Um, thank you in advance for your emails, your questions, your thoughts and um, musings on this. We will have a link to MTAS in the show notes if you're curious about the good work that Lori Green is doing in the world. Um, and we also encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash interdisciplinary. This really helps us to keep this podcast going for you um, and to, to grow not only our audience, but our uh, quality of broadcast and everything else. Um, there's a lot of great extras there. You get episodes early and you become instantly not only human, but also squirrel. So, super secret squirrel. Super secret squirrel. <laughs> That's great.
know that. So. Yeah, see, it's it's very it's super secret. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, and we will be in your ears next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you, Lori. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Interdisciplinary is produced by Healwell. Our theme music is by Harry Pickens. New episodes are available weekly through your favorite podcast outlet. Uh, and you can send us an email at podcast at healwell.org. That's podcast at healwell.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>